Well, good morning again. I'm Pastor Calvin. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. And I just want to welcome you to the new year. And I'm excited today because today is the first part of a new sermon series for the new year that we've called Table Talk. And we have a few events that will be kind of coinciding planned with it. And I hope you'll be able to participate with it. So On just mentioned that later we're going to have a Holy Chow. And actually we're going to have a Holy Chow next week too. And also a lunch buddy at the last Sunday of this month. So there are three uh, lunch community lunches that we planned that kind of coincide with our sermon series. And part of our, our desire is to build community. Just to learn what it means to have a healthy community together. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your presence here. I ask that you make your presence known, although we intellectually kind of know you're here. But I want you to make yourself physically known to each person here. That you will help us feel you, hear you, see you. And as I uh, ask every time uh, I come before you, I ask that you uh, open our minds to know what you want us to know. Open our eyes to see what you want us to see. Open our ears to hear what you want us to hear. But most importantly, open our hearts to feel what you want us to feel. So I thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Part of community is interactions, right? Anytime we, we meet with people, we generally use words to speak to each other. Unless you're a hermit, it's pretty impossible to go through a day without interacting with someone in conversation. And do you think it's really critical? Do you think it's really important about the words that we use? Well, that's my, my premise, my topic, my main idea today is that our words are very important. And it would be good of us to talk wisely. So sometimes we put our foot in our mouth, right? And there are times when conversations come up that it can be kind of awkward. And so to start us off with a little bit of humor, some of you know I'm a, I'm a fan of Korean dramas. So I'm going to show a little clip. It's actually a Korean commercial, a Snickers bar commercial. And it's kind of puts you, uh, demonstrates a time when, especially for guys, it could be really awkward answering your girlfriend's questions. So let's take a look at this video. <laughs> Pretty funny. If you're, on, if you're honest, like I'm honest, there's times when I've been in those situations and it's like no win, right? <laughs> So what I'm trying to demonstrate is that a lot of times in our conversations, we are influencing other people in good or bad ways. And, and when we, we talk, oftentimes people tell us sometimes to talk slower, right? And sometimes people tell us to talk faster. But what I want us to do today is to talk wisely. And that is the main idea is how to talk wisely. In conversations, you know, conversations take place every day. It's, they, take care, they take place every day, every moment in your lives. They take place at your workplace, at your homes, in public places, in schools. 
And it happened with family members, with your spouse, with coworkers, with neighbors, even strangers. Conversations happen all the time. And how we treat one another is shown usually by the words that we choose to speak to others. And, and God has a purpose for those of us who call ourselves Christians. Those of us who follow Jesus, God gives us a purpose, a calling to be an influencer, one who makes an impact in the, in the world for God's kingdom. And the way we do that is that we have to have relationships with people. And in those relationships, our desire is to be able to kind of add value to them, right? God tells us to be a blessing to others. As God blesses us, we are to bless others. Our mission here at Christian Layman Church is to to love God, love others, and to serve the world. So today, we're kind of learning how to love others. And in one way that we love others is by the words that we choose to use. Our words should be edifying, to be encouraging, to uplift them, to make them a better person. And that's the calling that God gives to all Christians to make that kind of impact in this world. And, and, and some of you are saying, well, what... What does this really matter? What, what if I'm not really careful with my words? Or do I really have to, to be aware of how I'm speaking? Well, the consequence of not talking wisely is a serious one. And it's one that I believe that, that has major consequences, even eternal consequences. And for those of us who, who look at, if you look at your, your relationships, which ones do they matter? Right? If you're married, your spouse, if you're a parent, your children, even in a family situation, your parents or your siblings, if you're in school, your classmates, if you're at work, your colleagues or your coworkers. I'm sure in some of the things that I named out, there are people that matter to you. And if, if we don't talk wisely, there is a chance that the way that we speak to them whether we know it or not, can be toxic. can be toxic to our community. And, and that's a, something that, that breaks God's heart, and it should actually break your heart. Just to give it a, a kind of an illustration, um, when my kids were young, we used to do some family activities. Actually, we do family activities even now. But when, when Josh, my son, was maybe three years old, one of the things we liked to do was make uh, caramel apples, right? And one, one of the things you do to make caramel apples is you have to melt the caramel. And so those little nugget things, you, you melt them down, and then it becomes liquidy, and then you can dip the apples in there. So at one time, one event, when we were doing this, uh, I gave Josh, who, like a little toddler... It, Typical toddler is pretty rambunctious, can't sit still, is always in a rush. And, and so when we're doing this, I'm telling you, you know, this caramel is really hot. And so we got to be careful when we, we dip the apples in that we don't splash it around or, or hurt ourselves because the caramel is really hot. And so I gave him that instruction. And so we're dipping the apples in and, and he wants to help. And sure, that's his family activity. So I want him to be engaged. So part of it is I dip the apple and then usually you use a, a popsicle stick or something like that, a wood stick, and then you kind of spread the caramel over the apple. So I let Josh take the, the, the stick and begin to, to spread the caramel on the apple as I'm holding the apple over the hot caramel. And then um, as a rambunctious 
And, you know, in coordination of a three-year-old, he's getting a little sloppy, and he actually takes the hot caramel and puts it on my hand. So I don't know if it's ever happened to you before when you had a hot caramel on your hand. It hurts. (laughs) It hurts a lot. And so I didn't swear or anything, but, you know, I said, oh, that hurts. And and kind of in in anger, I I said something to Josh like, um, uh, I told you to be careful because this is really hot. And so I my attention turns to my hurting hand and I run to the faucet to to run cold water. Now, at that moment, I didn't think it was a big deal. We move on and and life is great, right? But, you know, Terry is on the side and she's actually videotaping this. And and so from my angle, I didn't see Josh's face when I said those words of reprimand. And and I didn't know this. And it's only when I ever so often review our home videos, right? And I watched that, that, that family event where we're making caramel apples and and I get this kind of uh, reminder of that event and then I see myself going to the sink but from Terry's angle she's capturing Josh's face and I see the the hurt that my words of reprimand which I should have been more understanding he's only a three-year-old that I shouldn't have said those things and it's that kind of convicting moment that I realize that I do this probably every day. That there's something I said that could have hurt someone or discouraged them. And so I share that, that, that memory. I share that story. Because probably if we're all honest, whether we're aware of it or not, like in that situation, I was not aware of it until 30 years later. Or not 30 years later, but 20 years later, that... that that I had hurt Josh. And that's the importance. That's a consequence that I feel that if we don't take this seriously about talking wisely, that we could actually do harm to others. But more importantly, in the calling that, that God has given to us to make an impact and influence people as, as I am a parent, as I am a father to my son, that if I hurt him enough times, that I will lose my ability to make an impact on you know, studies share that if we say one negative thing or we hear one negative thing about ourselves, it takes a multiple of good things to counteract that. It's not one good thing equals one bad thing. When you hear something bad or you say something bad to somebody, it'll take like seven to eight different opportunities to make a good thing to reverse that. And that's the seriousness, the heaviness of saying things that can hurt someone. And that's, that's our, 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 our premise today. That's our context today. And that is our series for, for um, this new year. Our series, Table Talk, is based on the book of Proverbs. Because Proverbs has many wise instructions for us from God about how we should act, how we should, in this particular case, talk. And so, from Proverbs, the first thing for us to talk wisely is to talk to heal and not to hurt. Again, if we are to talk wisely, we are to be able to talk in a way that will heal versus talking in a way that will hurt. Proverbs 12, verse 18 says, Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Now, when we read that, we can quickly gloss over the word 
pierce like a sword. I mean, that's pretty serious. I don't know if you've ever been pierced by a sword, but that hurts. I mean, that hurts a lot. And, and just to kind of demonstrate, I brought my sword. All right, here's a, a nice little samurai sword. And I'll, I'll, I'll test it on Yan. Because <laughs> Yan's a friend, right? And, you know, God resurrects the dead. <laughs> so I want you to just touch the tip. No, no, yeah, the pointy tip. That hurts, right? You can feel a little pain. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you're just touching it. Just imagine what the scripture is saying there, that hurtful words can actually pierce you like this sword. And so if I was to pierce, yeah, that would hurt. And if you are a person who constantly is a person who actually says words that constantly pierce, that, that's a bummer. Because <laughs> if this is just poking, 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 it'll hurt. And, and that's what the scripture is telling us, is that it will hurt. And that is something that we're not supposed to do. It is wiser to not speak words that hurt. One of my uh, great encounters is to, to, to meet up with younger folks because as an older person, I've gone before them and, and seen a lot, experienced a lot. And I remember one of my favorite stories is when I was at uh, Cal moving my son in to college in the dorms, his roommate. Uh, I got to know him. And then I think it was about three weeks later into the semester, I think they already had their uh, first midterms and the grades came out. And, and, and this young man told me, you know, my average now, if it was the semester is going to end, it's going to be a B average. And, and, and my father said, that's not good enough. And I could see the pain in, in, in this kid's face. I mean, it's only been three weeks. He only had his first midterms. And, and his, he says his GPA now is, if it ends up like this, it's going to be a P. And he said, my father doesn't think that's good enough. And it hurt me to hear this young man be hurt by his father. Right? And so at that moment, I told him, well, you know, you've got plenty of time to make it up. And, and it's only a grade. I mean, you're at a great university. You're going to have a great experience here. Grade's only one part of it. And so I tried to be encouraging and helpful. But for this young man, he was hurt already. And if that was just one time that his father had said that, I imagine this must have been not just the first time. It must have been multiple times. And as parents, sometimes we have to be careful about putting those kinds of pressures on our kids because they, they're the ones who have to go through life. Now, the good story, that was when they were freshmen. This young man now is in a Ph.D. program. Uh, of his dream. So he did fine. So, so that's a good ending. But that's where it's important that we be mindful of the words that we use. And if in the demonstration I did with Yan, if you saw that sword and, and if words were piercing you like that constantly, what is your first thing you would do? The common sense thing is you will run away from that kind of piercing, right? I mean, nobody wants to take that. And so if you're a person who, who whether you realize it or not, is the kind who wields a sword with your tongue that pierces people, people are going to kind of avoid you. 
Now, my, my father-in-law uh, is, is a great guy, but as he's aging, his filters uh, of language are, are, are he's losing, losing that ability. And so he begins to, to say whatever's on his mind. And, and as his, his children, we, 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 we bear it. But there are times like Terry, uh, my wife, when her father keeps saying critical things about her or her family members in front of her, it makes it really uncomfortable that you, to, to be around him. And that's that kind of piercing that if we're not aware of that, it will drive people away. And that's why the scripture tells us that we are to be wise not to do that, not to speak in a way that pierces others. And the scripture gives us an alternative. It says the tongue of the wise brings healing. It's kind of interesting how the tongue can bring healing. Now, how many of you are dog lovers or even cat lovers, right? Animals. You know, when an animal is hurt or wounded, do you know what they do? They lick themselves. They lick with their tongue. That's when animal, how animals heal each other. They, they, they lick. I mean, even when I had a do- when my dog, who unfortunately has passed away a couple of years ago, when I cut myself, or actually when we play hard, and my dog actually would scratch my hand, he would notice that I'm bleeding, he would come and lick my hand. And that was his sign that he, he is sorry, but he's also healing me by licking my hand. And that's what the scripture says, that the tongue of the wise can bring healing. And when I was, uh, uh, well, it was about 20 years ago again, no, yeah, 15 maybe, I had a chance to coach little boys to playing basketball, and my son was on a team, and it was a great experience. I think we only lost once, and, and that was because early in the season, the kids weren't really gelling together yet and didn't have the confidence, and, and that's typical of kids because they were young, and this is maybe the early experience of basketball, but my, my goal in coaching the kids was to, to help them love the game. It, it, although, you know, I'm competitive, and some of you know that, and so we did win, and we will win a lot, and we win big. But <laughs> I, would make the, I would mainly encourage them. And we had one kid, and so I put on the best staff because I can't be with all the kids, so I brought on my brother, who's a really good player too, and, and his job was to talk to this one kid. Who, who's actually big. But, you know, when kids are, are, are young, right, when they're small, when they're big, they kind of stand out. And they actually, the bigger the kid, doesn't mean they're the toughest. They're just kind of grown bigger. And a lot of times they can be actually the meekest, mildest, the, the, the friendliest kid is the big kid. And so playing basketball, you can't be the friendly guy. When you're on the court, it's pretty aggressive. There are other people who want to take that ball away from you. And you can't be saying, here, oh, yeah, here, give it away. No, you can't. It, it's, it's a war in a game. Once the whistle blows, it starts. And so for us, we had to coach this kid up. And, and this kid was, had an amazing ability to shoot the ball. He, he doesn't miss. And from the free throw line, and so when you're big, and especially when you have little kids, they tend to try to reach and grab. So you, you foul easily. So... With this big kid, we wanted him to get fouled because then he would get to the free throw line. And this, he was like Steph Curry. He was like 90% from the free throw line. 
But he couldn't, he couldn't understand that. Why are people hitting me? Why do I have to get hurt? And we told him, it's for the good of the team. <laughs> and, and, and it was good that you, we want you to get to the free throw line. We want you to get there. And his mother understood it. We had his mother's permission. And she actually told us, yeah, you have to help him have the confidence because he was so shy. So Norman just spoke to him every day at practice. We just said, we know you can do it. We know you can do it. And, and finally, he understood his purpose on his team was to get to that free throw line. That's where I'm sharing that he, whatever reason, had some sort of pain or hurt because he was the biggest kid he just, or, or whatever. Or people, maybe other coaches that he had would tell him, you know, terrible things like, uh, you got it, you know, you got to play better. You got to play harder. You gotta, but Norman was affirming him. It was coming to his side and saying, you're, you're good. You have a gift and we want you to use that gift. And so that was one way of what I learned that that's how you can encourage others by not tearing them down, not chewing them out when they make mistakes, but affirming them for what they've been gifted by. And this kid definitely was gifted at that free throw line. To talk wisely is to build up relationships and not tear them down. We need to be aware that, that we need to err on the side of saying words that are healing versus words that are hurting. Because hurtful words will be toxic to your relationships and to a community as a whole. And I'm going to do something now that I usually don't like to do, but I'm going to mimic Pastor Andrew. And I'm going to embarrass one of you out there by going out and asking for a volunteer to help me in the demonstration. And as I was thinking, you know, I said, oh, who should I pick on? And, and I, hope, I hope she's here because I see that she is here. Francis. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so we are learning about conversations and how to talk wisely. So I want you to say something to your lovely husband here, your handsome husband, that is encouraging and affirming. Yes, right now. See, I see. I knew I picked the right person because <laughs> Francis is having a hard time, right? So it doesn't roll off your te- tongue. Because I know if I picked like if Dion was here, that guy can't smooth anybody. So I, 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 <laughs> or or Wah Wah's one of those kind of guys that can say anything. But I think she needs a sword. Oh, I, I I'll, I'll give you the sword. <laughs> All right, thank you. If you didn't hear that, Francis said that, that, that Mike is, is loyal to his family. He's really good to his family. So that's really good, huh? Thank you. Now, I want you to say something even harder. <laughs> Do something hard. I thought I was done. No, 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 no. I'm not letting you off the hook. Say something about me. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. 
<laughs> that's to heal, not hurt. Okay. Um, I still like you as a person, and you're a good friend. You're the Lord talk. Okay. There we go. That's Sorry. right. Okay. Yeah, if you don't know, Kansas is a USC person, so she always gives me a hard time about Cal. Uh, so thank you. Give him a hand. The reason, the reason I, I, I did that is that I think a lot of times we actually have to practice what we say. And, and what I just did there is something that I encourage all of you to be able to do is that just practice because practice makes perfect. And, and, and a lot of times I think we've been ingrained with a lot of habits that we're not aware of, that we will say things in a way that, that, that can be actually hurtful. And, and for us that tend to have to minister to people, they tell, we do practice these things. I mean, we have to stand in front of mirrors and look at ourselves, your body language and the way you smile, the way you look at people, shake hands. These are all communication things. And, and I'm just encouraging you for us to talk wisely, be self-aware, because in some ways, not just our words, but our actions can actually send a message that we don't really want to communicate. Well, thank you, Francis, and demonstrating that for all of us. I won't tell a story why I had you do that, so I'll reserve that for another time. So the next thing, to talk wisely is to talk truth, um, talk truth lovingly. In Ephesians 4, verse 15, the Apostle Paul gives us these instructions. He says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. To speak truth with love. And... And, and what's critical there, if we do that, we become more Christ-like, right? And that's something that we all want. To be more like Jesus, we would speak truth in love. Now, some of us are really good at telling the truth. Francis is actually really good at telling the truth. And, and I think a lot of us are really good in telling the truth. But the truth, unfettered, is cruel sometimes it can be really cold and it could be really harsh and that's why the scripture tells us here that truth can't go all by itself it has to be connected to love it's love and truth truth and love they both go hand in hand truth straight up is painful sometimes and 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 the scripture is telling us that we can't do it by itself and I know some of you are say, yeah, when, when you tell somebody the truth, you just say, oh, I'm just telling how it is, right? Just being real. But sometimes being real is not wise. It's actually hurtful. And to, for us to talk wisely, we are to talk truth with love. Now, our words can give life or it can kill. Proverbs has something to say about this. Proverbs 18, verse 21 tells us, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So that means if you have words that give life, you will reap the fruit of giving others life. If your words kill, if they bring death, then you will reap the consequences, the fruit of being a kind of person who hurts others with words that bring death. And, and it's important, remember, when I said that we, we have been given a purpose by God, right? And that's to make an impact in the world. 
to influence other people, most importantly. And to do that, we have to be able to have conversations with them, right? To interact with them. And in those interactions and those conversations, we are not making uh, them better people to encourage them, to, to um, bring value to them. If we are hurting them, if we are um, making it uncomfortable for them, then that is not going to be very helpful in our purpose that God has given to us. And when we do not do that, they will begin to run away from us. And, and, and that, that, that reminds me of something that one of my mentors had told me, that people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Right? You can't make an influence on someone if they don't believe that you care about them. Because when words of counsel, when words of correction words of reprimand if they don't if someone knows that you don't care about them they're not going to listen to it it's not going to make any difference and so it's critical that we be able to say words that they know come out of love that we truly care about them so that truth can be received in a way that is not hurtful but healing and that's that's our our purpose, right? To be able to speak into people's lives. And you can only do that when they know that you, that, that you care for them. And, and, and if not, then we will lose that opportunity to make an impact for God. Now, speaking truth in love is, is one, is, it has kind of multiple sides. On one side, a lot of us have no problems telling truth to people. But to be honest, I think in the Asian culture, we're actually non-confrontational we're actually more passive we really actually don't like to tell the truth to others we actually run away from that it makes us uncomfortable and and when we do that we actually are doing a, a bad thing too so one thing is to tell truth without love you know being real fast and quick about it but the other is avoiding telling the truth just smiling and and just repressing things and, and, and always showing a good face. But I think it's important to be able to do that because God wants us to do that. When we speak truth with love, there is an opportunity, especially as those of us who are followers of Christ, we have an opportunity for those words, that truth, to be transformational, to heal people. To allow the Holy Spirit to work through us as we speak those truths with love to others. Right? And that's something that's significant. That's the power. That's the, the cause that each one of you can do. Is that you, with the Holy Spirit's help, able to speak into other people's lives. Not just human secular advice, but wisdom that comes through your relationship with Jesus Christ. That can transform other people and so when we run away from that that timing that that need to say something to someone into their marriage into their friendships into their careers and we avoid that opportunity that's a lost opportunity to make an impact in the kingdom of god and and later i know there are moments when you reflect back oh i should have said something yeah you should have if God, you feel God nudging you to say something, you should say something. 
But a lot of us in our culture, we often choose peacekeeping over truth-telling. And that disappoints God, and later it may even disappoint yourself. My mother um, sadly passed away uh, a few months ago, and, and uh, I, I miss her, and I still do for probably years to come. And I love my conversations with my, my mother and my father. I had great relationships with both of them. And as parents, they were actually as far as being typical Asian parents. Uh, so that was good for me. But in many ways, they still had some Asian, Asian-ness in them. And, and my mother, the typical Asian is, is to be frugal, right? Pastor Andrew talks about that with his mother. Same with my, my mother, my father, on the other hand, was very generous, which is like they kind of balanced each other out. But my mother would always say, oh, we shouldn't go out to eat, right? Because it costs money. It costs too much money to go out to eat. But it, whenever my family gets together, especially oh, getting my kids together to have dinner with my mom, I, thought, I would say, you know, it's easier than just having you cook because she loved to cook for us. I said, well, instead of you cooking, let's, let's go out to eat and it'll be less cleanup and less effort. So my intentions is just to, 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 to relieve her of that kind of work. But my mother would always say, no, it's too expensive. And then whenever we go, she would always say things like, oh, this is, isn't very good or this is so expensive. And so it's not like that we're going to enjoy the experience. And as a, as a good son, I, you know, I would just kind of take it and not say very much. But like, maybe four or five months before she passed away, actually. I, I, there was one time when she just got into me about wasting money and going out to eat, and I had to stop her. I, I had to stop her. I just said, you know, you know I, I love you and that I, I care for you, and, and, and you know my life. And I said, I'm almost 60 years old. I'm not a little boy anymore. I've already raised my family. You see, you see, we're doing okay. So what's wrong with just going out? And, and is it good? Because the kids love to go out to eat. And you want to have, spend time with your grandchildren. So it's an opportunity just to have everybody go out to eat. And so I, I said some, some things that were kind of stern. And I was a little shocked after I said I would be able to kind of stop my mother and just say, stop it. <laughs> stop being critical. And, and finally, you know, kind of like a light bulb turned on in her head. And, and after that, she never complained. Whenever we went over, and there are times we ate in, but there are times, let's go out to eat. And she wouldn't say, she said, okay, where? And, and, and I think I realized that, man, I should have had this talk a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> but I share that story because that's an opportunity where we can speak truth in love. And when a person... My mother in this particular case knows that I love her, that what I said was kind of harsh and hard, but it was the truth. And, and it, it allowed some change in her. And when we hesitate to do that, when we want to just maintain the peace or we just want to be respectful, sometimes we can't be respectful. Times we are called, we have to make these opportunities to talk wisely, to speak truth and love to someone. That's what God wants us to do. We can't hesitate. Uh, I have a graphic here, and uh, can we show that? Yes. It, it kind of illustrates what Ephesians uh, uh, 4 is saying about love and truth coming together, going together. This is based on some teaching from Bill Hybels, who 
is a pastor at Willow Creek in Illinois. There's on one side of the scale, love, and then on the other side of the scale, truth. And when truth and love come together, and they're represented by the colors, when you have yellow and blue, when they blend together, it becomes green, right? So it's a reminder, when we speak, we want to be in the green zone. We want to be in that safe zone, not to be in the blue zone or just in the yellow zone. When we're in the, the blue zone and the truth zone all the time, then that truth, as I said, can be kind of cold. It can be kind of uh, black and white. It could be very harsh. And if we're always on the yellow side, on the love side, then sometimes we won't have an opportunity to be able to make a real impact. It's kind of fluffy. It's all feel good. Uh, everything's okay. Kumbawa kind of thing, right? It's, it's, it doesn't have the hard hardness that truth needs to be there for accountability, for, for change. And so it needs to go hand in hand. And that's a graphic that kind of demonstrates that, that we need both and we need to be in the green zone. So when, next time you have conversations, remind yourself whether or not you are in the green zone, that you have both talk, uh, that you're both talking truth and you're also talking love. And that is a valuable tool for you to remember. To talk wisely and not tear down our relationships, we need to lovingly talk truth to those who we care about. And the third thing about talking wisely, we need to talk with discretion. Proverbs 17, verse 27 to 28 says this, A man of knowledge uses words with restraint, and a man of understanding is even-tempered. Even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent and discerning if he holds his tongue. Proverbs 15, verse 28 says, The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. So essentially, if you just uh, distill that down, it just means to speak maybe slowly, speak with few words, speak only when necessary. It says there, even if you don't know what to say and even if you are kind of foolish about it, it is better to keep your mouth shut. I learned this really quick. Now, there are lessons in, in life, right? There are times when, when you speak something and you wish those words came, you could get them back, right? But that's the unfortunate thing. Our words are very powerful. I mean, it's illustrated even in, 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 the, in the book of Genesis, right? When God spoke, he created life. You know, he said, let there be light. It was his voice actually speaking. So that's a kind of reminder that our voice has power. But sometimes when we say things and we shouldn't have said those things, we wish we could have taken them back. But we can't. When spoken, they're, they're released. Uh, there, there was one time I was, uh, when Terry and I were moving into our first home, and so it was a new tract home and so everybody is 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 getting to know each other in the neighborhood everybody's moving in at the same time so there was this other young couple that was next door to us and his wife uh was always wearing uh oversized sweatshirts and 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 then one day she was carrying in this big teddy bear and some balloons and i think they were blue balloons or something like that and i said oh they're expecting a child a boy so next time I, was, I saw my neighbor, I said, oh, congratulations. Uh, 
when, when is the baby due? And, he, and then all of a sudden, his face went blank. You know, and he just stared at me and he said, my wife's not pregnant. At that moment, you know, I, I wanted to crawl into, under a rock, right? <laughs> I had opened my mouth and said something and made some assumptions that were incorrect. And, and that was 30 years ago. And when, when I, uh, from the lesson I did, I will never say that again. I mean, I promise I say that. So, so for any woman, I, even if I thought about it, I, I would not say it until they told me that, the, that they were expecting. Because you do that once and you see the awkwardness of, of saying something inappropriate like that. And, 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 and you know, to, to be honest, because you have to know my neighbor, this was a couple who was struggling to have, to have a child too. So for me to say that it was very innocent and, and the wife's appearance but she was not, not bearing a child. And so that was very painful for uh, my neighbor. Fortunately, I didn't say it to his wife, but I said it to him so at least he could actually correct me. And, and I learned from that. And that is a lesson uh, that I carry today that, that was very, that's very valuable. And I, I share that story because, in honesty, I'm sure probably a lot of us have, have, have done that before, where we have said something and we wish we could have it back. And to help us, I give us a tool, okay? Just like that, that, that uh, green zone thing. Whenever we are about to talk to somebody, we should have a talk, a talk check, right? When we word process, there's, there's a spell check, right? There's an there's a application that kind of goes through the spelling of words for us or even grammar or whatever. I think in our heads, we should also have a talk check. And in the talk check, there should be two questions that you should uh, test yourself before you speak. First thing, the question should be, do I really need to say this? Okay. So before you say something, especially if you think it's going to possibly be controversial, if it might be kind of heavy, uh, first question, do I really need to say this now? Then the second question you have to ask yourself is, what I'm going to say, is it true? Right. So remember, it's truth and love. We don't talk falsehoods in love. Okay. So it's important. First thing to do is, do I really need to say this now? Second thing, is it really true? Is it really factual? As a Christian, it's important to have integrity in what we say. So we don't want to say things that are not true. Because oftentimes things that are not true will be hurtful to somebody or slanderous to somebody or whatever. So it's important not to bear false witness. So what we say must be necessary and is it true? And it can't be even half truth. I mean, it's a high standard. So I really encourage you that what we say needs to be true and also does it really need to, to be said. With that filters, that's what we would call talk checks. And if you have that, that would help us to have discernment and discretion in how we talk, especially if we want to talk wisely. Talking wisely builds, means building up relationships and not being toxic by choosing to speak when necessary and not telling outright lies for sure and even avoid speaking half-truths. This week, I want us to have some applications to follow up on, on what I spoke today about talking wisely and how critical that is in building healthy community and how 
you will be uh, wiser by doing that. First thing I want you to do, uh, maybe each day of this week in the morning, before you go out into the public, before you speak to anybody, ask for God's help. I mean, that's always, always helpful. Ask for God's help to tame your tongue, to guide your tongue. And do that. See if it makes a difference this week. Try that. And, and allow God to be your partner in this discipline of talking wisely. And then the second thing is to have an opportunity to actually practice this. So what I, I did with Francis earlier, do that. Go and, and, and affirm somebody, whether it's your spouse, your children, a parent, a classmate, a colleague, whatever. Take that opportunity. Just purposefully, intentionally go and encourage them. Say something that is that will make them feel better, to make them a better person. And that's, that's our calling, and that's a blessing to them to be able to do that. And if you can't do it by words, you know, alternatives, sure. Send them an email, a text, a card, a letter. I mean, any of those forms will, will be fine too. But practice that. I think we will have better characters, we'll have even better attitudes if we share words that are affirming and encouraging to other people. And this is an optional exercise. So the first two, as I said, first ask for God's help. Second thing is to to do uh, uh, something nice by saying something affirming to someone. Actually, at the Holy Child, there's going to be an exercise doing that. I'll talk about that later uh, for us to actually practice that at the tables. But an optional one is a lot of us, especially if you've gone through life long enough, have experienced opportunities. Uh, times where somebody has actually hurt you with their words. And, and a lot of times, uh, many of us still hold on to the, those, those feelings, those emotions. And, and, I won't, and this is optional. And first, because I really want you to, to ask for God to help you with your own tongue. But I, this optional one is to um, begin to think and ask God's help to forgive Someone that you remember hurt you with their words. And I'm not going to say it's going to be easy, but it's something I think for us to be able to be uh, change makers, to be someone to, to have uh, life transformation evident in our own lives, we have to receive the grace that God has given us to heal the wounds that we have uh, experienced and then turn around, be able to minister to others. Not out of our hurt, but out of our love and grace that we have experienced. And so it does sometimes begin by that simple act of forgiving others who have hurt us, especially through, through the words that they have chosen to speak to us. And, and, and I've shared even in the, 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 the so-called minor event with my son, but over a lifetime with him, I'm sure... There are many other moments and there are times that I'm not even aware of it. And then I will have to ask for his forgiveness for those cumulative effects that, that I have heard of mine. Imagine our church being a place that we all talk wisely. It's a place that we are talking with words that heal and not hurt by talking truth that is loving and also to talk with discretion and using talk check filters. Just imagine a place like that. And that's a place that I hope that, that all of us would wish for too. 
So let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this time to, to speak from your word. I pray that these words will be transformational for the people who hear them. It's not an easy thing to do, but we trust that your, your presence in our lives will make it so. So may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you.